Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vox Podcast. My name is Mike. My friend Timothy John Stafford is here representing. I wish, Tim, would you take a still picture of this <laughs> no. and put it on the yes? It, Just it, have everyone use their imaginations. It is literally if you took my grandma's afghan which is different than a blanket <laughs> evidently uh and you turned it into a shirt that is what tim is wearing i don't i kid you not it's bright green purple light green darker green plaid it is unbelievable what material is that exactly afghan materials and love afghan material perfect yeah, i don't know um, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about on the podcast today, uh, but Tim has been particularly troubled. So this, we want to um, we want to spend a few moments on uh, Tim's troubled times. Tim's troubled times. Right. So Tim, what's troubling you this week? What's troubling your heart? Well, this week was a whole like hodgepodge. It was a crockpot of different things. The first thing. Oh. Was watching uh, the um, what's his name Brian Houston, the guy that that founded Hillsong. He was on the Today Show, the yeah. morning Today Show, defending all the controversies of Hillsong, and I don't know. The interview itself was very discouraging for me. I got very angry. We were all texting about it. I don't know. It was that amongst other things, but I I, I was thinking I just like I I need. Uh, I need people to convince me of why I should not give up on the church or I'm yeah. at the point where I feel like I don't want to reinvest. It seems like a, an aimless effort. And I know that you have, we've talked about it. We've talked about it with, with Gombas when he's been on. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of issues in there that I want to pick apart just for a few minutes, just to yeah. see. Because I'm feeling fairly confident that I am ready to to pull the plug. <laughs> you know, um, well, it'd be great, man. I wish I wish we could get Gombas on the horn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish he were available. Dude, whatever. The, what? Dude, what? Whoa! <laughs> How did I get here? What? How was I summoned? I was sitting on my patio. Reading the cup of coffee, chilling, <laughs> and I'm here talking to you guys. Yes, what is the deal, Doctor Timothy Gombas? Out of out of the ether, summoned, summoned by That's two it. wayward. How have I been so privileged? <laughs> How well, is this gift coming coming to my life? What's the well, deal? Well, uh, Timothy Gombas, we have a very troubled young. A friend in common named Timothy Stafford, who is greatly disturbed um, by the goings on in the American church. And, oh, man. Um, Me and too. It, <laughs> and so we've, we've summoned you for rescue um, to, to, to reorient us towards hopefulness <laughs> so i so i don't i doubt you've seen this but but the the founder of hillsong are you familiar with some of the scandals plaguing sort of hillsong a little bit yeah these I've seen like headlines and that sort of thing yes very much kind of scandal ridden headlines and so he he gets on tim uh, stafford do you want to kind of summarize for us some of the salient points of uh, of troubling of your heart yeah i mean they so 
let me preface all this. This is because this is going to sound very um, like I've got it all figured out. And yes. I'm frustrated that they don't. And I'll be the first to say that I have nothing figured out. Except so your wardrobe. That, except my wardrobe. That's the only <laughs> thing I got going for me. Or not. No, that thing is awful. Um, but they're, <laughs> they're on there. Carl Lentz was a, like a, he was the pastor. He took over or started the New York chapter of Hillsong, like giant, huge. And it became like a big celebrity hotspot. So like he got real famous for buddying up with Justin Bieber. He baptized him um, in the interview on the Today Show. They talk about like one of one of Houston's defenses of how big the church is, is that like, don't you remember how crazy Bieber was? Like he was on a path of destruction and like now he's so much better and he was about to be deported, but now he's not. And he was going to uh, be but, deported. Yeah, there was well, there was like, like weird can- rumors. Is he Canadian? Or, he's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. rare. It's rare we send the Canadians back. It's <laughs> yeah, rare. That's usually how bad things we're getting. Yeah. Usually like, they unruly Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> they do exist. Yes. Yep. Like that former but mayor they... of Toronto. Oh yep. snap! There's a callback. <laughs> mayor Rob. Yeah, dude, he was epic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, go ahead, man. go ahead, go ahead, Stafford. But they, they, you know, and so they're talking about his. He, he got fired from Hillsong, and then he admitted that he was having an affair. And then they interviewed the lady that he was having an affair with, and she was just like, blah blah blah. He would never tell me what he did for a living, just that he worked with celebrities. And the church has like a green room, and he was coming in chauffeured in the morning, and it's just they built a celebrity culture, and it started catering to celebrities. But there's little things in the interview where they talk about like people in the church feeling ostracized and that some people left the church feeling suicidal, which is bananas to think that that is a, like that, that is an effect of people leave, like going to church that they left feeling suicidal. And she asks if he feels like the church got too big. And he says, I don't think any church can get too big. We just have to grow into ourselves. And there's like no transparency. She asked him about the green room and that kind of stuff. It's like, well, you really got to like, you got to protect yourself in the morning before you preach. Like you got to go in there and kind of be prepping your heart and your mind and not being distracted by people. And I just look at all of this. I look at the model. We have a big mega church in our area that s- tends to swallow up churches. Mm-hmm. Instead of com- when a church is failing, instead of saying like, hey, we have an extra, like just an enormous budget. Let us give you, let's help you. No strings attached. It doesn't happen. We, as as no. fellow brothers and sisters and people. Just like Walmart helps out mom and pop shops. Exactly. So they consume and they kind of envelop these other churches and then they become extensions of that church. And it grows and grows and grows. People fall through the cracks. And let me also preface this by saying I realize that we have a lineage of brokenness, right? Like our church lineage is kind of, I mean, how many denominations are there? a gazillion and they tend to come from like, Hey, you're not doing it right. We're going to branch off and start another one. And then we're going to branch off and start another one. And I don't want to be, I'm not advocating for the next branch on a, you know, overly weighted down tree. But, you know, when I talk with friends and they're like, you know, you have to, and I know that this is conversations that we've had is like, you can't abandon the church. You have to be a part of it for the long haul and affect it from the inside at this point, sometimes that just looks like a more than full-time job, a cons- completely consuming job of kind of just hitting your head against the wall. And I'm throwing a bunch of questions out there for you guys to just peck at. 
And the other thing too is as we've been going through this series of the new creation and the old creation and what the biblical narrative is, that it would seem like the model of church is not on the right focus to begin with. So in going in, because we have a very like revival, salvific um, <clears throat> kind of base, like save as many people as you can, if the church itself is even sitting on the wrong foundation, then what would we be going in to try to save it, for, to like not save it, but like infect it for lack of a better term to help affect it, effect it, affect it. Uh, if it's already built in a, in a directional model that's facing the wrong way. Right. Yep. I've got like nine more things, but I'll stop there. Dude, I hear you, man. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I feel the same way about the, the large scale corruption of, um, of the American, of American, I don't want to say American Christianity, but the American churches in America, the church in America, the capitalism has captured it and um, has given us all these corrupted models. And um, I was thinking about earlier this morning, Tim, when you were, you know, just sort of considering some of what you had written about in the email that you sent and um, thinking about how it is that like that, that whole Hillsong situation um, like take out of consideration any kind of scandal or any kind of like quote unquote bad behavior or things that are sensationalized. Um, yeah, the whole thing at, at its Genesis was wrong. It was off. It, it's a manifestation of like it, it, in its bigness and health, quote unquote, and growth and vitality. It is a manifestation of everything that is per all the ways that America perverts what the church ought to be through mm -hmm. bigness and celebrity and what's impressive and what is spectacular. Um, yeah, that is all troubling. It's all troubling. It's troubling. <laughs> the, the worst, the worst case scenario for that model of being Christian in America is that it would work. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like that's its own justification is that it is. Yeah. Working. I mean, it, it's, uh, well, yeah, that, yeah. Um, it works, which means it's it's American and successful, and you know it cannot help. The only thing that it can do, because it is America on steroids with Jesus kind of sprinkled on top, the only thing that it can do is sort of discourage people that are looking for actual community and actually believe the you know the promises that are giving on the are given on the surface, and then are are degraded or excluded and discouraged so i'm not surprised but those kind of cultures uh they're very very impressive because it's all about pr and image maintenance and, and image projection and management of um of image but on the inside there's a lot of corruption i have a good friend uh who was in one of those seattle churches of that person that you mentioned of uh, uh, mark triscoll and he was i mean he's a really really impressive person so of course he he was a pastor of one of those churches and sort of in the inner circle and just saw the he and his wife saw the corruption and abuse and violence and uh sociopathic behavior and tried to kind of leave graciously and quietly and were like yeah you don't do that around here we're basically going to destroy you yeah it's, it's just that's that's the norm that's the norm for those big organizations i mean i was in one back in the 90s 
um, and in one that would have claimed that they were doing it the best and the most biblical. In fact, they would have denied that they were a mega church. But all those very same corruptions were there. And I just seeing it up close was like, wow, this what, what is this all about? What's the what's the point? Is it is but it yeah, an issue of that. is it an issue of size? Can you still have those corruptions in small yeah. churches? Sure, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's all about ambition and control and power and community, um, community formation for the purpose of, you know, the glorification of a single individual or of some ideal and losing, losing track of what the church actually is, a community that fosters the flourishing of everybody that's a part of it and a community that learns the practices of generosity and reconciliation and kindness and justice doing and all of that. It's really hard to have that kind of a focus. Um, again, the, the, I mean, I've just banged my head against the wall to try to figure out how have we gotten off track and where, what's the genesis of all this. And I, I can't, I can't find any other answer except for capitalism and um, how it is that we're trying to build build you know uh cultures of striving and wanting to build and grow and expand and the genius of how capitalism captures our churches is it uses bible language to do it yeah you know in 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 terms of growth and evangelism um and outreach and and all of those things that are, that we tell ourselves are good by the way, Tim, when are we going to talk about you too? I've been listening to him constantly for like the last two weeks. And this morning, <laughs> this morning I had, um, was listening to the troubles and, mm. um, it's such a genius song because it, it was, uh, Bono singing, you know, you think it's easier to know your own tricks, but it's right. the hardest thing you'll ever do. And it's like, you, we don't know ourselves and we don't know how we are actually captive to dynamics of the present evil age and um, to ambition, um, even if our churches are not built around one personality, a, a church can sort of have a, a corporate ambition to sort of totally. be big and prominent and all of that, unless we're consciously and self-consciously resisting all of that. But I mean, as far as a positive goes, like how do we do this? Honestly, um, I think the, a wrong approach would be what you mentioned, Tim, that someone has said, like, you've got to stay a part of it and affect change from within. Uh, I think that, 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 that's the, that, that is actually a verbalization of, of a sentiment that, that flows from the present evil age as well. Um, That is to say, (laughs) like, I don't think, I don't, I think that we all have to surrender affecting our communities. I don't affect anything. Um, participation in in salvation and in, in enjoying salvation is rest and it's it's um it's refreshment it's sabbath rest it's um it's liberation it's not fixing i don't fix the church so like that's the problem when we discern corruptions and problems and um perversions and stumblings of our churches it's like we want to do something you want to fix it. You want to, re- I think it's because our impulses are so worldly that we respond to the worldliness of the church with worldliness mm. it's, instead of responding by moving ourselves closer to the cross and finding some cross oriented behaviors in which or with which to sort of access in inhabiting our churches. So like 
for the last couple of years in just learning so much more about all of this and race and social mm-hmm. class and the corruptions of of my of America as manifested in my wonderful local city. I've just been going to the church and lamenting, um, thinking, you know, it's a liturgical church, so we do spend time confessing sin. And I just try to name my own complicity in a culture of violence and try to name my community's complicity in a culture of injustice and lament it. But I also, our church has had some struggles and we're down to, I don't know, 65 people on a Sunday, which is still really big. It's a big church if you think about how to look after a community. Um, and especially with reference to the sizes of churches in the New Testament era, I mean, the scale of things in America is so off. It's so mm. off. Mm. Although that's an average church in America. The average church size in America is 75, isn't it, Mike? I mean, I don't know the studies. That's the number I've heard for years. I don't know what's true anymore. I believe that. But um, anyway, just to say, I think I've tried, our, our church has struggled and they are trying to kind of kickstart these initiatives, you know, to grow and do outreach and all this. And I'm like, who wants to come to this pathetic community? How are you going to, how are you going to like convince people in this area to not go to the beach on a Sunday morning? That's what I want to be doing. And, <laughs> um, and, and how do I, why, why do we, why are we thinking in those terms? I resist all that myself, all that striving and searching and questing. And I just show up and rest. And I, I know I'm not going to be in that committee. I'm going to show up and enjoy all of you. Hmm. And I don't know what else to do except to try on the behaviors of what it means to be Christian, even if I'm in a, in a community that can't sort of decide that it wants to do that. But so, I don't want to affect them. I can't. I'm just me. Yes. Okay. That's so interesting because that goes against literally everything I would advise people to do because i i would say okay if you're in one of uh, a toxic church a celebrity driven church flee first of all oh, just for, get, yeah, yeah. get the heck out of there but then the question is well what do i look for and i would say something like a smaller church where there's humility and accountability and transparency and team and you know those sorts of things but it would never occur to me to sit there and rest it would it, it occur to me to to build to yeah. uh, point out, you know what I mean? To like, sure. Um, and you're saying that that impulse in itself is part of old creation dynamics that have to be warred against. I think so. I mean, God, you know, Jesus builds his church. I enjoy it. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a builder of a church. Nobody is. And um, I just was struck a couple of years ago by all of the verbs associated with kingdom in, um, Hmm. in in the gospels and they were all passive yeah so like yeah, yeah. Inherit, inheriting the kingdom receiving the kingdom right um it uh yeah all, all those kinds of things which i thought were really interesting and it's like we don't we don't forcefully do anything beyond love your neighbors beyond yeah um play your role as a body part and so you know, any body part is doing a whole lot of receiving, receiving life from Christ, receiving life from Christ through other body parts. So show up and enjoy, show up and, and feel the liberation, which is really, that's a lot harder to do because it goes against all the impulses of how we're habituated as American Christians to do, to strive, to build, to affect, to have yep. impact, influence, yep. all that kind of stuff. It's... yep. You know, but who wants to be 
uh, what a burden for the rest of the church. I mean, who wants to have that kind of person in your church? I don't want to be around anybody like that (laughs) who has an agenda for like how this is going to look. I'm like, I'm out. Mm. I mean, I know people with agendas for me and I just try to stay away. Like Kevin, my neighbor from two doors down who I thought about (laughs) this morning, I walk on my walks. I walk past his house. I I try to go back. I try to go by really fast because I know he wants to start conversations with me. He's a JW and wants to make me one. And I'm like, I don't have any interest. I like not being a JW. I'm, I, I'm fine with having Kevin as my neighbor. Yeah, not John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear. No, we are currently in the faith of John Wayne. Yes. That's right. Not, yeah. I'm not talking about the Duke. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so when someone comes into a... But, but then, okay, so how's that... I mean, this is so good, and I'm so glad you vaporized out of thin air. <laughs> off my patio. Off your patio. This was such a worthy interruption. Um, so I work for a church. I teach in a church. I agitate as part of my calling um, uh, towards, um, I don't know, at least I, I envision it as away from old creation identity and dynamic into new creation identity and dynamic. And I realize the greatest temptation is to use old creation dynamics to try to bring about new creation. Totally. Results. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constantly aware of that, but I sit in this lecture model of, you know, this conception of church. And so I do come up with agenda. You know what I mean? How, how where, where does the exercising of gift stay healthy and where does that cross into power control agenda in the ways that you're kind of referencing? Yeah. Well, I'm a, so I'm not a pastor. I'm just a person. I'm just an average person. I just, I'm just part of my church. I'm not a professional. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, totally, I'm not called totally. to be, uh, you know, have responsible care over my church. So I play my role. Right. I don't. And, um, but if I were if I were having a role of speaking uh, to the church and um, pastoring, you know, shepherding, I would. Um, it may involve all those things, Mike. I, I don't know. Mm. I can't really say. It might involve some agitation, but it seems like the end that uh, toward which all of that is directed is trying to get our corporate imagination. Um, yeah, to, to yep. the place where we're, we're most effectively receiving the rest and goodness and, uh, love and grace and liberation of God. So how do we, what community practices put us, put us in the place to, to receive rest, to receive goodness, to be, receive refreshment. And they're all counterintuitive. So all the actions, you know, all the actions that, um, are Christian are counterintuitive you know <laughs> what is restful it's leisure well actually according to the gospel it's it, it might be a service activity hmm. um you know where we actually um feel blessed when we give stuff away or when we mm-hmm. spend time on behalf of others we receive the life of god by doing stuff like that uh also we might all corporately have to decide that we're gonna do less you know, we're, we're too busy with busyness stuff and not spending enough time um, really enjoying each other 
over common meals routinely enough. Like mm. we, we just want to spend time together and, and then enjoying the kind of meals that Jesus fostered in the gospels, which are inclusive. So let's find some people that, you know, the rules of our culture tell us don't belong here and let's, let's invite them in and hear their stories. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's just, it seems like, um, for my part, and I don't know what Tim does, you know, Tim at your church, but I'm just thinking in terms of, uh, instead of, I wouldn't tell somebody, you know, don't check out, stay there and affect change. I would want to say, well, don't check out, or maybe you should and find a different place, but don't check out, but stay there and attempt to be Christian as, as much as you can discern what that means. You know, which I think it's still possible to be Christian in American churches, but it's a real struggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I, the even with the Carl Lentz stuff, like I don't, I, I I don't blame him because the 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 machine. Oh, it creates. I, I don't know like that, that his. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know that his story was avoidable because oh, the entire machine is built on. It generates it's built that. on sand. It's literally built on sand, and it's not like. It's, it, I, I don't see a version in that culture that builds that way that doesn't way. end there. And no. so you look at that model and instead of having this constant like PR damage control cycle, that's like, no, 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 no this is not what we're about. No, 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 this is not what we're about. No, 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 this is not what we're about over and over and over. At what point does the church stop and say, okay, the, the, the direction that we're on, the path that has been set for us is. You know, like you look at those graphs in school or whatever, and you start with like the, the starting point and one graph is going this way. And then one starts a little bit skewed, you know, and then it slowly turns into a V where all of a sudden after time, you're like astronomically off focus. You start yeah. from the same point, but you just kind of veer that slight little thing, whatever it was, just gets manifested and built and built and built forward. And I look at yeah. that and I'm like, man. So the other thing that I sent you that was bugging me this week was the... um the Zondervan's releasing the, the God Bless the USA Bible <laughs> with the flag yeah, on the incredible. cover and the Constitution in it. And I was like, holy crap, how? I mean, I knew we were in a bad spot, but this is like, this is, yeah. this was like, this was like an SNL skit. Where I was like, <laughs> it's got the Lee Greenwood song in it. That is God Bless awesome. the USA. Yeah, it's incredible. There's a someone pointed this out, and I can't not think about it every time I think about that song. That there's a there's a relative pronoun that's wrong. Mm. I'm proud to be an American. Where mm. at least I know I'm free. It's like it's a the antecedent. There's no antecedent to the anyway to the where. Yep. I don't want to be a grammar Nazi, but I'm just like, come on. Yeah, man, that's like, uh, so these, these, all of these instances that you were talking about, Tim, are like extreme. They're just, um, they're, like you said, the natural outgrowths of corruptions that were begun a long time ago. And that's been what I've been trying to figure out over the last couple of decades is like just going back into history and to find like, where did this all start? Yeah. Where, you know, right. and where I'm currently is just like it was it was here from the beginning mm. i mean all of the all of the european christians that came here that came to this land uh you know 402 years ago uh brought african slaves i mean african 
human beings were brought here just viciously, um, savagely. I mean, they were savaged by white Europeans in more ways than one. And um, these were these were Christians. I mean, how many people? I mean, the, so the I was thinking this morning, Tim, that the cases that you brought up are extremes. And I what yes. I, what I always try to do is like, all right, where was it? apparently safer like what are the what are the less extreme instances that i didn't wasn't alarmed by but are actually the same thing mm. right you know That's what i mean yeah. and and this is like um i want to know where i'm not seeing it even jonathan edwards i mean owning slaves and this book that i'm just finishing uh on reparations um it's got a powerful quote by jonathan edwards's grandson uh, advocating for reparations, actually, mm. which is really incredible, and talking about uh, the the grave sin of slavery and the stain on America that it is. And the, so, I, I'm just thinking this whole experiment of being Christian on this land needed genocide of Native peoples and necessitated also the savagery of African bodies and communities and families. And so, it's like, how is this thing not? So how is this, how is it not more (laughs) off? And I mean, it really is. So the celebritized versions of it all. And then also uh, that Bible, that Zondervan Bible, which is just like blatant idolatry. Wild. I mean, it's literally, it's literally idolatry. The ultimate American Bible, the Bible and founding documents of America. Now together. It is literally the ultimate American Bible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pledge, that's pledge such, of allegiance. That's not wrong. No, no. Constitution, Bill of Rights, oh, Declaration it's of Independence. So confused. Yeah, the confusion of anything with the God of Christian Scripture is idolatry, and that is, and it's going to further. <laughs> it will further the, um, you know, the assumption that the Constitution was just as inspired. Yes. As uh, Christian Scripture is. I mean, it's literally saying that by putting it. I'm imagining yeah. that it, that the Constitution is running almost as the preface to Genesis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a way of saying. I mean, it's a way of saying this is what this is what all these documents are all about. Mm. They're all about the same thing, right? It's really so. It's interesting because it, I'm tired of the argument with Christian friends. So I have a lot of uh, atheist friends, and some of them know that I'm a Christian, and some don't. And it's not and not because I'm hiding it. It just hasn't hasn't come up in different conversations and when it does it's always interesting but they are very you know as they look at the world they see so many of our societal ills and problems as caused by white christians and so that they'll come up in conversations about this or that or that or this and i'll be like you know i've said on the podcast a bunch of times like i'm not interested in the name i don't i don't care about names and i and i understand that people do and i respect that personally just me like if we lose evangelical to this other belief system, I don't really care. And in a lot of ways, I don't even care about the name uh, Christian, but I'll defend the name of Jesus. And I, so when they, those conversations start and I don't mean defend, like I, I just mean like, I'll say, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything you're saying is a hundred percent correct. But this faction of people, this church that you're, you're referencing in these different things, you're correct with what they have done and what they have affected in the community, but they are not representing Jesus and how they're doing that. 
and I just like, I'm, that's a conversation I feel like I'm having all the time. Like, no, 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 you're, you're totally right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but let me, let me just give you a little bit to say, Hey, this is actually what Jesus said, or this is what actually what Jesus was advocating for. This is actually who Jesus was. And this reflection of that has become really whatever that you see. But then with the, with my Christian friends, I feel like I'm constantly just like, like the examples you just gave, we, the, the idea of American Christianity was founded on this really on blood shed and on yeah. the sacrificing of other people's bodies and other people's lives. And, uh, we have such them. We've talked about it a million times. So we don't talk about it, but we do have such a mentality of like, well, that was then this is now that wasn't me. That was them. Um, you know, and not carrying the, the weight of that lineage forward of like, yes, this is in our root system and that affects the tree. And so it's like, how do you like, I, I don't want to keep fighting all these battles that I, I don't know that there's fruit to the, to the outcome of the battle. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to just walk away from the fight, not walk away from my faith, but just be like, I just want to do what was intended. And I don't know that this version, this model started from a place of intent or of correct intent. You know, if it's, it's like, I'm not looking for resistance. I'm not looking for, I'll make this churchy. I'll give you three R's. I'm not looking for resistance (laughs) or rebellion. I'm looking for like a true repentance. Like I want to like reposture and focus on the correct thing. I don't know that I can do that by just being in a church body. What do you mean? Like just attending a church and, and like being there and, and hoping that me seeking, um, a new creation model or trying to be, to live in the way that Jesus has intended. Um, I don't know if I'll just be in constant argument or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. I, for, for me, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I, I honestly, um, uh, I'm right where you are. I don't have, I, uh, in fact, this book on reparations, they, uh, it's a call to the church to participate in reparations for the past. And they're, um, it's really, really, it's beautifully written and really powerful and profound. And they're hopeful that they're hopeful. (laughs) I feel like not me. Um, (laughs) but I, I know you're saying Tim. I guess for me, where I've landed, I don't have a theory of any of this. I'm, this is just my live reality. I don't know what else to do personally. I don't, um, I really just don't engage many conversations. I don't have many conversations like this, yeah. like, like that you're talking about. Um, I, I just try to, I try to love the people in my church, the people, uh, that I, I'm in contact with at the seminary. And um, I have surrendered any expectation or hope that anybody will see things my way at all ever. I just don't expect it. Just it, it That's for my own psychological health. I don't expect people to see things the way that I see them. I've also committed myself um, to just, you know, I'm seeing, the, I'm seeing things this way. And I'm going to own everything I everything that I think other people should do. Like, you know, Christians should be more like this. And I'm just replacing that 
um, term in my sentence, but I should be more like this. Right. So this is my reading. I'm just reading on race and reading on history and reading on gender justice and, and trying to engage in as many conversations as I can for my, for, for my personal transformation. And um, what's, what's a bummer is there are so many sort of church activities that are going on in our church that are sort of um, ancillary to like what we should be doing and what we could be doing and, you know, what we would be blessed to be doing because they would be um, the means whereby we would receive life if we were do, doing things more focused. But there are some things that we do, like we're involved in uh, with, a, with a charity that, that helps homeless people get into sustainable housing. So Sarah and I are, we're part of that. And then also um, I started volunteer teaching in the jail before we got booted out because of COVID. And then I, I'm, working with this uh, ministry um, letter writing to uh, prisoners. Because for me, it's like, there are not that many avenues in my church for me to be Christian. And so I kind of feel like that I have to do other stuff <laughs> and to kind of challenge myself in ways. Like, um, in fact, this was about two years ago, I was reading Matthew 25, you know, and the, the things that Jesus will judge all people according to you, um, you know, did you visit people in prison? Did you clothe the naked? Did you welcome the foreigner? I mean, all of these kind of things. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, all these white middle-class Christians aren't doing any of these things. And then I'm just like, all right, how many of these are you doing? In what ways can you sort of point to your life and say, yeah, that they meet these sort of criteria. So I just was like, I, I can do a little bit of this at my church. My church is interested in doing some of this, but I need, I want to be Christian. I'm going to strive to be Christian and I'm going to put myself in places where I'm more Christian and I, and I don't care. I, or I'm, I've taken the posture of not caring that other people don't see it that way. I've just given it up because I feel like, and it's not even fellow Christians in America. It's, it's, um, it's not that it's their fault. And I do think they're culpable, just like I'm culpable, but I see them more as, as people whom the system has captured and whom the powers and authorities have hijacked and captured. Just like we're all, I mean, all of our lives were sort of captured by the dominant ideology and sets of practices and patterns of life of America. And being Christian is finding ways out of all of that. And I don't know, man, I, I just, to save my own emotional health, I just engage in as few conversations about all that as possible. I'm just trying to do it for myself. I'm just trying to be Christian and I'm assuming that all the other people in my life, they have a lot of good that they can offer me, but I don't want anybody arguing me into anything. So I'm not going to argue anybody else into anything. And it's taken me, I've had, I've committed to this. I've committed to learn about uh, our white supremacist culture and um, our uh, unjust culture along gender lines and um, the injustices of social class. I've committed to learning about it. And it's really hard to see it as what the three of us are as white men, middle-class white men. It's hard to see it. It's hard to get your head around it. And so it's like, I just realized how hard it is for somebody committed to it. I'm not going to argue anybody else into seeing it who doesn't give a rat's patoot. So I'm like, <laughs> I just but have to save there, myself. But is it there a place? I mean, 
I, I, I'm so with you, but I'm like, is it there a place for correction? Is it there a place for like advocacy? Yeah, sure. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I be. mean, don't you, don't there you is. sit in seminary? Don't you sit in seminary and, and teach a point of view? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do. That's right. I talk about this stuff in my classes all the time. I'm just saying as far as like fellow Christians in my church, if they, if people bring it up and want to talk about stuff, that's fine. I just have to, I just try to keep myself Again, I'm not a pastor or a spokesperson. No, no, I know. I know, figure. I know. I'm just trying to figure how it plays out because there's... I just try to keep myself in a place where I'm not being frustrated with with other people and where I'm being a source of life. <laughs> and if people want to have conversations, Tim. let's do it. Yeah, yeah. That's this. This is so needed for Tim Stafford. He is so <laughs> so discouraged. No, do I um, come across as frustrated? <laughs> Does your mom's Afghan have a, a place on your back right now? Yes. Hey, can I can I, can I shift to one part of the interview um, that 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 plays along these lines, uh, Stafford? Um, you can do whatever you want. Is that no. what I've been summoned to? Is this an interview? What's the deal here? This is so good. No, um, there's a so 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 Brian Houston back on this interview. Oh, I've heard, that interview. I've heard a lot. Yeah, this interview. <laughs> I mean, we we gave I'm we surrendered. I'm not, I'm a hot seat. We surrendered any hope of convincing you of anything. Uh, no, no. <laughs> There's a um, blockheaded part of no, no, no. Part of the interview with uh, the the lead guy from Hillsong. They brought up their posture towards um, their gay uh, congregants, and I've heard a lot of good and bad answers you know to the question of why do you take a conservative position this may have been the worst answer i have ever heard um he said uh and i'm, I'm not even doing him the awfulness of justice but it, it was like hey we don't represent how we personally think we represent the bible yeah so um so he it was literally hey That's don't blame know. us blame the bible for this yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was literal. I mean, with a straight face, he's like, "Well, That's we're not, cool. you know, I love gay people, but we're just not. We're in a place where we represent the Bible, not represent what we think," um, which was incredible. And I just, I wanted your facial reaction to that statement. <laughs> That's awesome. At least it's super explicitly honest. You know, yes. like, uh, yes, yeah, like That's the Bible. Really honest. Yeah, isn't that incredible? <laughs> It's like a metaphor for the the whole interview. The, well, and it's a metaphor for Christianity, right? Culture yeah. war Christianity is this. It doesn't matter what I think or what I'm doing. This is the yeah. The Bible's is, called us to this. Yes, these, these yes. are sort of exclusionary, unkind, yes. un, unjust modes of being. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. It's tremendously unfortunate. <laughs> Sarah and I were talking the other day about. Um, how it is that so much of power-oriented American Christianity, uh, because it is driven by quests for power and prestige and cultural uh, approval, these they become uh, evangelicalism is often like made concrete in powerful institutions that always involve hierarchies, hmm. and whenever you have these powerful communities and institute one well, not really communities but these powerful organizations inevitably there are dynamics of control and always they always um are characterized by uh sexual anxiety 
and the control uh, policing of sexual identities and sexual behavior, which always ends up being manifested in the control and power over and domination of women. Hmm. And there's an obsession in white American evangelicalism with sex. Yeah, I mean, really and, yeah. and so Sarah and I, I, how we were talking at in the kitchen, just sort of lighthearted it for evangelicals, for conservative evangelicals, it always comes down to genitalia always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we, 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 we tried to coin a new term. In fact, I was really bummed because I was like, it's like, we should start calling them even genitals. <laughs> it's my new punk band. And then she looked it up and there was already something. There was already oh. this thing. And I was like, damn it. I Seriously. wanted to be. That's our new podcast. I, I was thinking I wanted, you know, to coin that. In fact, you know, yeah, there's this long running argument in my family. <laughs> Because I have tried to convince Sarah that, all right, this is a lot of vulnerability. Here. I love this. I love I've this. tried to convince Sarah that I was the one that invented. <laughs> I can't say this seriously. Do it. Do it. That I invented the expression, take a chill pill. <laughs> sorry. This is the level of our conversation in our house. And uh, yeah, I tried to point her to back. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is what we get into arguments over. She doesn't believe me. She's she just won't have it. But I'm I'm serious. I'm gonna hold to that. Wow. In junior high. In junior I'm a, high. I'm a I'm afraid of what the what you what you found when you looked up if that term was already being used. The even genitals. Yeah, I, I don't need. I don't want to Google. She was like, she she texted me this thing. It was a little bit later that night. I was watching a game and she texted me this. I was like, oh my goodness, this is. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying, but whatever it was, it's too bad. But that's um, that's something I think is there's a lot that'd be great fruit for reflection. Like, what is the deal? Why why do we feel mm -hmm. so powerfully driven to have control over this this area of life where there's such mystery and there's so much we don't know and haven't figured out, and in ways that does such damage? I mean, all the damage done to, to women. Uh, it's just really awful, but anyway, whatever. Yeah, totally. no, it's brutal. And to say nothing of uh, LGBTQ plus people, um, you know, the ways that those folks uh, having already been marginalized powerfully by the dominant culture, many of them having been hurt powerfully by their families, ostracized in, in many ways, all the wounds that they carry, and then to sort of, look at church communities and sort of believe the initial impression that they'll be welcomed and embraced and, and um, they'll find places where they can share their story and find healing and then to only be further wounded. It's just really, it's tremendously tragic. It's, and it's a, it's a, yet one further thing that I fear we're going to, we're going to face some serious judgment for. I don't know. That's why I feel like I just want to do my part uh, in church on Sunday mornings. I honestly feel like I'm doing my part by confessing sin and just saying very simply while the service is going on, often having my mind wandering, um, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Just, just very simply, Lord have mercy. I, and I, I've, I've found myself saying this, the more history that I read, mm -hmm. um, I dwell 
among people with blood on our hands and I have blood on my hands. Mm-hmm. And just saying that, and then Lord have mercy, just very simple expressions. And I feel like it's a Christian practice to confess sins and I want to be Christian. I really do. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure that I have the kind of life that can make that claim, that claim credibly, but I'm mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I can do is confess sin. Um, and, I, and I'll do that, but so good. Well, I think we can all agree that you did not invent the phrase, take a chill pill. So I appreciate that <laughs> confession, dude. Um, I'm, you know, I've I think... got data. <laughs> I love I love that you recall to your wife good anecdotes instances where that phrase was used and no one was like, no, I don't know. I've never heard that, but that's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> I hey, this is uh, yeah, this is what we're doing. Things. I there invented... are very few things that I take very, very seriously. Like <laughs> honestly. Nineteen eighty four, I won the summer camp swim championship. Bad boy. Uh 2007, my intramural softball team won the championship, and uh, I invented the phrase "take a chill pill." Nice. That's it. Those are the three <laughs> things. Those are the yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Stafford, what are your three things? I mean, just real quick. I love this. Oh, I don't know. That's uh, I have to think about it. I constantly have ideas, and then they'll come out. Someone else will make a it'll be it's usually story ideas and i'll write them down and then eventually like this movie will come out or this book will come out and i was like oh, there goes Ooh. another one nope oh, there goes another one nope oh, there goes no another i know i know years ago that's you talked brutal. to me about a teenage wizard that's right and if i would have <laughs> just a place, jumped on that boat then. at a place a place called blogworts it was the internet sort of cafe <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's amazing it's amazing There's actually there might be a good book in that concept um Mr. Yeah. Gombus, we are perpetually grateful for your friendship. Oh, you guys are the best. It's always fun. And I know, but thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a beautiful day. Don't it let is, it get man. away. Oh. I'm going to do my best. Man, I had that, honestly, I, ever since Tim mentioned that we might do these discussions of you 2 I've been going, that's all I've been listening to. We're going to do it. Everybody and just got a teaser for it. Today, uh was listening to... um I went back and forth a couple times actually between beautiful day and grace, because those are like the, the bookends for all that you can't leave behind. Yeah. And I mean, it's just that song. The more I listen to it, it's just so powerful, you know, beautiful day. And then, um, and thinking about how it is that that's such a powerfully not sentimental song. It's not like there's a silver lining Right. It's like, no, this life, there's stuff about this life that sucks. It's hard. It's a grind, but there's like this relentlessness of life. And it's not because of like, Hmm. you know, at the end, at the end of the day, we all have it really good. It's because of grace. Hmm. Grace makes beauty out of ugly things. Grace finds goodness in everything. It's just like, I was like, I don't know, man, it was a great morning. It was awesome. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I might have had a tear or two well up while I was walking. Wow. I love that, Tim. Anytime you want to talk about you too, let's We're do, gonna it. do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do, yeah. We will. I want to do some bonus just... episodes on the theology of you too, Mike. I was tech, uh, emailing with Tim about it. I love it. I think that's such a great idea. You guys yeah, need to do that. I'm, uh, I'm in for the Pearl Jam version of that. 
<laughs> For sure. Given to fly. Yep. Don't call me daughter. State of love and trust. I mean, that is that is our relationship with Jesus. I'd love um, to hear more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Timothy Gombas, thank you. Dude. And you are such a great friend. And, You're welcome. You guys um, are always a blast. Yep. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for vaporizing. Cool, man. So, obviously, Tim <laughs> had reached out to the other Tim. What? But don't I know. reveal. Don't let people oh, see behind the curtain. I know. Seriously. So we were lip syncing. <laughs> that was so. It's so freaking challenging every time. <laughs> I think. I mean, I just. I. I just. I benefit so much, Tim, from the questions that you ask, and the and the ponderings of your heart, and uh, other people that we get to be in conversation with. I benefit so freaking much. Yeah. Um. So such good stuff. So I had a thousand other questions. So do I. I still have a whole list written down, but <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much time. No, there is, and and. How, you know, for me emotionally, how do I sit in a space where I want to bless? I want to bless, I want to bless the church. I want to bless the space. I want to bless our best efforts. I want to, I want to bless the imaginations that I used to have, but now have yeah. grown beyond. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to sit and bless. And yet there's the, this part of me that is so saddened and grieved by not only what has been in my heart but by just the carnage that this is you know wrecked i don't know how to sit in that space well yet i just don't like (laughs) i I don't know that you can i mean can you can you really i don't know i'm standing in in front of a church preaching and i found myself saying like unconsciously things that were coming out of my mouth that were just so cliched because they're just written they're hardwired in there uh totally and instead of, I mean, and I wanted just to stop and say, what I really mean to say is this, but I couldn't, I was out of time, and da, 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 da. and it's just this weird, like, ah, uh, ah, uh, I don't know what to well, do. Well, that's the thing, too, is the, the with the Hillsong, and, and there just is no, there is no transparency. It is only up this, this performative vehicle. It's just, everything, <sighs> it's just, so, you, I don't, I... But I was saying when we were just off air, like I, this is a conversation I'm having literally yeah. two or three times a day. Cause we want like, I grieving is a great word. I feel a, an immense amount of grief for like, it's like losing, it's like having a family member that you just, they just won't correct. They're doing something. And after a while you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I can't, I'm just, it's the, it feels too much. Yeah, and yep. I would never say I'm an ex-evangelical or any of those cool. I don't like any titles, so you can throw a million of them out there. I'm not going to take any of them, but right. I am. I want to know how to do this right. And my imagination is like my. Um, but is it wanting my to do it right? Is, part of the problem. I don't know. Isn't I'm that just, what Gombus is getting at? Maybe, and I hear what he's saying, but at the same time, and maybe I'm. Maybe that's something I have to exercise out of myself. But I can't help but look at the world. No, I'll, I'll scale it down. I can't help but look at my town and see, just see, uh, 
you know, if your car is not running correctly, you, you switch out the P, you know, if you blow a piston or your, or like you fix it, <laughs> right. So that it runs correctly. You don't yeah. just keep driving yeah. it like, well, this is just how it is. Like, right. You, you, you fix it. And I, I, my imagination has been emboldened, uh, over right. the last two years. And so I don't feel captured by anything. I feel like the wonder and the curiosity and that kind of stuff in me is like, it's my, my heart is pumping hard. And I nice. want, and I don't want to miss the, I don't want to miss it. Like I feel yeah. captured by it and I don't want to, or not captured. I feel my imagination feels like inspired and it's running and it wants to grab onto, you know, the rub of Jesus and be like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, just keep yeah. showing me, man. I want to do this. I want to do this right. Right. And, but I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to do that in the church as it exists. Cause like I said, I feel like it's built facing a little bit off the mark and um, everything we've been talking about with like these cycles of sin, like I was just talking with a really good friend who's just about to abandon faith altogether. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she just can't find, I don't know, there's just too much. And I just want to be like, I it, like what Gomez was saying, maybe this is off air too. Like you do, you can't answer every question or. Yeah. But I, like, it's hard. It's all difficult. It is. It is so difficult. Well, Timothy, your troubled times. I think we all we all join in. Um, on to business. Business, and by business, I just mean this is it's not all awesomeness. pleasure and leisure. Um, wow. Um, Aaron and Eric came on board this week, so thank you for joining us on the Patreon train. Really and deeply grateful for that. Um, the the money that is donated, supported, gifted helps uh, us do all the things, um, and uh, we're very grateful for that. Um, if you want to kind of hook into that, you can go to voxpodcast.com or you can go to patreon.com and look up Vox Podcast with Mike Erie um, and uh, join us there. And then just a couple of quick comments as we close. I, we heard from Jennifer, and we read. Uh, Wait, before somebody... you go too far, we'd have one thing we'd have to that we have to talk about. Oh, what? Yes. Um, yes. What is stuff it? That my weekend got out of control, and now I'm just remembering. Oh, we are. This is episode two ninety seven. Oh yes, episode three hundred is on the horizon, and. We are trying to do something, you know, fun and special for that. Um, we'll also be, you know, kind of launching as the new podcast name and all that jazz. So that's in the next couple of weeks. But part of that puzzle is that we want to hear from, we want to be talking about the church and the future of the church and hope for the church or whatever. And we mm-hmm. want to hear mm-hmm. from a lot of people's voices that are listeners, be it like, 10, even if it's one word that you have for the future of the church, if it's a 30 second, um, statement or, or hope or idea or, or where you think the church is going, but we want to involve this community in that. So next episode, not this one that's today, but next week, we're going to share a phone number that you can call. And leave yes. a voice message for us so that we can use your voices on the podcast. So be yes. thinking about that because um, we want this to be the whole community 
Um, and obviously we can't fit every every person on a episode. Oh, but we'd but like we to will. So try to keep them short because we'd like to c- include as many people as we can. Right. We um, will give we you a hear, prompt question. Yeah. We will give you a question to answer, and we want to hear your thoughts. Just connect. You know, we're on the social medias, Twitter <laughs> and Instagram and Facebook and all those fun digital places. But the more you connect, the more we can try to foster and share information and share news and that kind of stuff. So before we closed out today, I wanted to make sure that we planted the seeds for that because episode 300 is going to be here in like five minutes. And then we're yes. sprinting after that. Yes. Um, so I will give perfect. Um, so yes, please. Uh, we'd love your thoughts. We'll come up with a really great question uh, or not. And um, and you can <laughs> run with that, but we think it'll be, we think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, we'll give the last word today to Jennifer, who uh, several weeks ago felt like she was without shelter, and and there are still more community responses coming in that we just don't have time to get to today, but we will next episode. Uh, her response was to the community was I loved, and she spelled loved with. One, two, three, four, five, six E's and three D's. Okay, so very emphasized. Loved hearing everyone's responses. They've definitely made me feel so much better. Um, Is it possible to forward the responses? I'd love to write down everyone's suggestions. Thanks so much for everything. So how cool is that? Thank you all for, um, yeah, for being a part of this thing. So um, we'll let you go. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance to you. And in these days, may he give us peace. Amen and amen. Until next amen. time, friends. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash Vox Podcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash Vox Podcast, on Instagram at Vox Podcast and on Twitter, at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.